Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Faith with Friends, a podcast where we focus on Jesus and the way that he has worked in our lives and in the fruit that we've seen from that. Um, Today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story and then talk about something that the Lord has been bringing up for me recently. Um, So it's going to be a good show and a good message, and I really think uh, God has brought this up and wants me to be intentional about it. So, yeah, please listen, and I hope you enjoy. So, my story, my name is Robert Farrell. Um, I'm the one who made this podcast, and I I feel like a while ago, uh, this this thought came to mind to create a podcast. I have a lot of friends in my community here at UNC Charlotte, and all of them have great stories, and I was thinking about, you know, making this podcast and sharing those stories uh, about Jesus and making his name known, Um, even as college kids where it may not be as popular to follow Jesus, or it might not be quote-unquote cool to follow him. I I wanted to show people that there's joy and and you don't have to be old to follow him. It's something you can do at any age and there's great joy in it. But anyway, for me, obviously I go to UNC Charlotte. Um, But before all of that, I was raised in uh, North Carolina and I grew up in a very loving family that uh, provided everything that I needed um, and more. I I went to a Catholic school growing up, and uh, my parents taught me great values, and they they raised me in a way that uh, I respect a lot, and it's it's helped me become uh, a very loving and kind person to others, but. When I was growing up in the Catholic Church, I I wasn't really seeking God. It was kind of just put in my life, and um, it was more of religion where you go to church and you just do it because it's right. You don't do it for anything more or anything less than that. Um, And then I went to high school, and it was just a public high school, not a Catholic school or anything like that, and I started to to drift away from the church. I I wasn't going as often. I would have um, moments where I would be going to church more often, maybe a month or two, where I I just felt like I needed to go more, but it was not consistent, and it wasn't for the reason it is now. Uh, But anyways... All throughout high school, I wasn't seeking the Lord, and then I came to college, and um, freshman year, first semester, I really wasn't seeking the Lord, and it was becoming obvious with what I did. I would be at at parties and stuff like that, and I I was um, looking for a relationship, not that that's a bad thing, but... um, it became something that I really felt like I needed. Um, And uh, 
all of the, all of my life in in social life and all of that was pointing away from God and it was it was going downhill quick um but I had a friend Jeffrey Smith who you'll probably hear from at some point in this podcast who was in my math class uh first semester freshman year sat next to me the first day of class um just wanted to get to know me um, and he, he told me about this place called InterVarsity, uh, a campus ministry, which I'm now a part of and a leader in. But anyways, I was not very intrigued by it. I, I was, you know, I was cool with having a new friend, but I wasn't really interested in following God or pursuing Jesus in the way that I do now. But he wouldn't stop you know he he was he was intent on being my friend and uh he would even go to parties with me because he he cared that much about me he didn't care for parties or anything like that he was interested in saving my soul which is the the mission that Jesus had sent him on at that time that was um what he needed to do he needed to to love me and uh and pursue me and pursue my heart to to bring me into the the family of Christ and so you know I had always known he was there and I was aware that he wanted to be friends but um at the time I just wasn't interested and then things started to to go downhill I wanted to transfer because I didn't feel like I had a community I didn't feel like I had uh, friends so I started filling out transfer application stuff and then one day Jeffrey just invited me to InterVarsity and I was like, you know what? Why don't I just give it a try? Um, I've I've kind of reached the end of myself, so let me give it a try. And I went, and the rest is history. And it was a struggle, um, really turning to Jesus. It it was a struggle. I was there for community at first. I wasn't really there for Jesus, but he can work with that, you know, and so all you have to do is walk in the door at InterVarsity, and Jesus can do the rest, and so um, I spent a lot of time in this kind of uh, no man's land where I'm still worldly, but I'm, I have this idea of Jesus now, uh, which I had never had before growing up in Catholic Church, there's this this focus now on Jesus, uh, but there is still like this desire to do worldly things. And over time, that uh, my love for Jesus just grew stronger and stronger. And um, the desire for worldly things went down, not not away, because temptation's always there, and we're always being tempted, but um, I became more in love with Jesus, and that really helped me uh, commit more to the community. Um, I became a leader 
And I started to say, you know, InterVarsity is my place. This is where I'm going to put my time and effort into. And it's been absolutely incredible. It's been uh, the most real community I've ever had with the most loving and caring friends who actually care. And I am so glad that I'm here, but it, it, it speaks to who Jesus is. You know, I was saying no to InterVarsity at first, but he knew my heart. He knew the desires of my heart that I would eventually be a leader in InterVarsity, pursuing him like I do now. And not to say I'm perfect now, I still struggle with sin. I still struggle with uh, worldly desires and I make mistakes. And some days I'm not on fire for God and it, it just all of these things are just so real even today but the overall idea of pursuing Jesus is is a daily thing for me and I, I try to wake up each and every day with uh, the idea of I'm going to pursue Jesus today and then follow him today and he's he's given me great things in in this this walk with him um I hadn't picked up a guitar for the first 20 years of my life and all of a sudden about a a year and a half ago I, I got a guitar and now that's one of my great passions is playing guitar and I've I've learned a lot and I'm able to play a lot of songs, and I, I, I fully believe that that was the Lord um, giving me a gift for no reason. No reason other than, I love you, here's this thing for you. And it, it just speaks to his kindness, and it speaks to his nature of just, he wants to share his things with us. But the most important thing is him, not his, his gifts. Um, but yeah, my friend Graham, who who spoke the first episode, actually had a a vision of me singing in the car, and God was asking me to sing. And um, no coincidence, after that, music became a a huge part of my life, and it still is now with uh, a worship band and and friends who I love to worship with. Um. But all that to say, God um, can do this for anyone, can do that for anyone. He can, he, he knows the condition of your heart. He knows, um, he knows what you really desire and what you really want. And he won't stop it. No, he, he's persistent. He's loving. Um, and I think my story speaks to that and so many other stories speak to that as well um so yeah that that's my story and now you guys have an idea of who i am Uh, i want to speak a little bit on something the lord has been bringing up for me is this idea of desperation um and i think you know We've all been desperate at some point in our lives. And so I, I, I sort of 
thought about it. What is what is desperation? Um, desperation for me, and the definition I sort of thought of in my own head was the idea that we need something even if we don't really need it. So if I say I'm desperate for a relationship, I don't need a relationship uh, to survive. I don't need a, a marriage to survive. And if we, we can look at that biblically and we can look at that just from a pure logic standpoint, Paul didn't have a wife and he was just fine. He was a very faithful follower of Jesus who was just incredible in his time. Um, so it's this idea that we think we need something, but we might not actually need it. If I say I'm desperate for water, that is true. I need water to live. I need water to survive. I, you cannot live without water. But there's other things. I'm desperate for money. I don't need money to survive. Obviously, you know, money is a great way to serve the Lord. And it's something that um, is really important for us in order to have lives that um, we consider happy. But money isn't something that we serve. Money isn't something, it's not our um, master. But all that to say, think about like the moment in your life you are most desperate. Um, whether that be after a breakup, like I know the feeling after a breakup, there's just this, this sense of desperation where it's like, oh, you know, I lost something. So now I have to find that thing again. And you look in these places, um, like dating apps, stuff like that, where you're, you're just broken and you're, you're desperate for what you just lost, which is love and affection and intimacy, um, which is not something you, you need outside of Jesus. So all this to say, think about that, the time you're most desperate and was it for Jesus? Was the time that you were most desperate, was it you saying, Jesus, I am desperate for you. I absolutely need you. Or were you saying, I'm desperate for this relationship, or I'm desperate for this job, or whatever it may be. And the whole idea is, if our moment of most desperation wasn't for Jesus, then we need to reevaluate some things. And, I, I mean, I don't know everybody's story. Obviously, I grew up in a home where I was, um, I was, I had so much, I was, my parents provided, and I, I didn't really know 
what it was like to not have a lot. And so I don't want to downplay people that don't have a lot because I, I, I know that that's very difficult and it, it may seem like I'm being inconsiderate to that. And, and that's not what I'm trying to do um, because I know it's tough and, and God puts people in those situations that he knows can handle it. And so people that grew up and didn't have a lot are very strong people and I feel like God is has really prepared them and he's picked them because he knew that they could handle those situations of uh not having a lot or having a lot it it, it God places people in uh families and scenarios that he knows they can handle even if in the moment it may not seem that way. But um, all that to say, back to the point of being desperate for Jesus, you need Jesus, whether you follow him or not. Um, and why is that true? It's true because he's the one that puts breath in your lungs. He's the one that wakes you up in the morning. He's the one that created the world that you now walk on and live on. So whether you want to believe it or not, you need Jesus to survive. Um, and not only that, then we go deeper. Well, how do I get to heaven? Well, you need Jesus. You you have to accept him and you have to, to love him and, and follow his commands and and pursue him. And so, how do we get to this place of desperation for Jesus? Well, one, we have to take it seriously. Um, we have to really, really believe that I cannot be here without Jesus. Don't take it lightly that you're breathing. Don't take it lightly that you woke up this morning. Those are blessings from God. That he's sustaining you and he's allowing you to see another day, to see another moment, to see another second. That's one way that we can uh, be desperate for Jesus. I can't breathe without you, Jesus. I cannot wake up without you. So I am 100% desperate for you. And I look at some Bible stories. Uh, one, I felt like the Lord was asking me to look at Noah and Noah's Ark. Um, Noah was completely reliant on the Lord. He was, he was, the only way he was getting out of the flood was he's trusting that God is going to, um, pull back the waters and that he will one day walk on the surface again. Um, so you look at Noah, he had faith. He went on that ark because he had faith and he probably was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to trust God. And he was desperate for God. That's what got him to walk on 
the ark. It's like, God, I don't know why I'm doing this or, or what this is for, but I understand that you're the only reason I'm alive and I'm breathing. So I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to do what you say. That's that's desperation. And, and Noah had that and he was faithful and God delivered him from uh, the floods and he walked on the surface again. Um, and then I look at Exodus uh, with the Israelites being um, taken out of slavery and they're in the desert, right? And each and every morning they get bread, manna. Um, they're not eating uh, unless God gives them this manna. And some of them tried to store it and the manna rotted. So they were eating their daily bread. You hear that a lot, daily bread. Um, but they're completely desperate for God. I, look, I'm not eating. And if I try to store it, it's going to rot. So I have to believe that you're providing for me the next day and the next day and the next day. That's manna. That's daily bread. And, and the Israelites were desperate for God. Um, and so I think it all goes back to having childlike faith. I mean, when you're a baby, you're not getting, you're not going up and making yourself a sandwich. I mean, you're not going to the McDonald's drive-thru. No, when you're a baby, your parents are the only way you're getting food. Or, or you know, whoever... It raised you. That's the only way you're getting food. I hate to break it to you, but a one-year-old is not walking into Chick-fil-A and ordering a meal. It's just not how it is. So you're completely desperate on your your parents or, or whoever raised you to get that, that food. Um, and so having, having childlike faith, is is very important because we go back to the overall point of God I'm not here without you if we can fully and I'm still working on this if we can fully convince ourselves that we are not here on our own strength we are not sustaining ourselves then we can become a little more desperate for Jesus. But the longer we convince ourselves that uh, Jesus is this option where it's like, okay, if I don't follow Jesus, I'm sustaining myself or something else is sustaining me. It's common grace that you wake up in the morning. It's common grace that you're breathing. Jesus loves everybody. He doesn't love only those that follow him. He has enough grace and mercy to sustain those that don't even follow him. So, um, whether you follow him or not, he is still the one that's sustaining you. And, um, you know, he's not, he's not going to be a jerk about that. That's not his nature. He's not like, hey, look at me. I'm the one giving you breath. Uh, 
you know, shut up and follow me. It's, hey, I love you. Why don't you follow me? I know it's best for you. Why don't you follow me? And if we get that realization in our own head that, oh, yeah, I should follow him. And by the way, he's the one that's keeping me alive. And that's just another reason to follow him. He loves me a lot, but also he's the one keeping me alive. So I think that uh, being desperate for Jesus is something that we should pray for and we should ask for is just, hey, Jesus, can you help me be a little bit more desperate? for you um and if you feel like you're in that place already where you know you completely rely on him that's great ask for more and keep going don't don't settle for where you're at but i think that um he's loving i know that he's loving and he wants to to be there for you and we need to recognize all he's done for us without us doing anything uh, he created us um even even though some of us choose not to follow him he still created you and he still sustains you so yeah this idea of being desperate for jesus is something i think that um we need to focus more on and we need to wake up every single morning and say, Jesus, I'm desperate for you. I really am. I, I'm desperate for you. I cannot live without you. And then, and just build off of that Thanksgiving is great too. Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Lord, thank you that I have breath in my lungs. Simple prayers. It, it goes a long way. I mean, it really does. It opens your eyes to things and it helps you live out the day with humility. You know, I, I had a bad day at work, but at least I'm alive. At least I have a job. At least, like, if we can start saying at least I have, because there's always something to say, at least I have. It, and that's true because wherever you are, you can say, at least I have Jesus. You may not have anything other than Jesus. So there's always something to say, at least I have Jesus. Because he's not going anywhere and you can always choose him. And he is happy to take control of your life and allow you to be his his child and uh, i guarantee your life will change for the better but yeah all that being said i'm gonna pray real quick and we'll wrap it up uh dear lord i, I just thank you for this time and i pray that we can be more desperate for you and we can be humble and acknowledge our desperation for you. Um, we don't choose uh, 
this life, we don't give ourselves breath. We don't wake ourselves up. You sustain us, Lord. Would we have a, a, an acknowledgement of that? And would we, would we just live like we're desperate um, for you? And yeah, Lord, would you keep sustaining us? And would you uh, just keep loving us and just being the great God that you are? And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys enjoyed.